It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Monday, February 5th, 2023. I'm Beckler. Welcome to the Beckler and Shauna Pisscast. Without Shauna this week, she's safely arrived in Japan. And I think today, like, I'm trying to remember because the, the time change is different. So it's like, is she sleeping right now as I record this at 9 in the morning on Monday? Or she be, I don't know, but uh, I think her first day of snowboarding is today. So she's been posting updates on her Instagram, which I've been following along with. How was your weekend? It was decent. We got some more snow here in Calgary, so it's uh, winter again. I had a good weekend, though. On Saturday night, I went to see uh, a Foo Fighters tribute band. They're called Born to Resist. I believe they're based out of here in Calgary. And they did a great job. I think they did a they did, they did justice to, to all the songs, the Foo Fighters songs that they played. The coolest part was that it was at the community center in my neighborhood. And when you live in the deep suburbs, like I do, where it's all families and stuff, it's not very often that, like, you're going out consists of staying within the neighborhood like where you're, where you're walking distance from your own place so we met a, two other couples that are, were friends with the neighborhood and we went for drinks at the neighborhood pub and then we went over to the community center and our community center our association I guess is trying to do this they're trying to get people out and like younger people involved in some of these events so they have these what they call bands and beers or beers and bands I think but that's just it like they they sell food and drinks and they'll bring a band in and I was like it's awesome that they're doing this so I feel like you got to support that stuff in your neighborhood or it won't happen we had a great time so I'm looking forward to the next one on today's show I learned about some mountains in Canada with some cool names that I wasn't aware of which pro athlete would win in a street fight the best generation in which to grow up the premier's real name airtight gym membership contracts and more after your out of context clip I'm a huge piece of shit, Charlie. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. My son Bo is nine, and uh, they're reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in class. An absolute classic. Whimsical. Whimsical. So we were talking about it, and he said he's enjoying it, and I asked if they had had the discussion at all about Grandpa Joe. And he didn't know what I meant. Do you know what I'm talking about? At this point, the problems with Grandpa Joe... And Charlie and the Chocolate Factory are well-established in pop culture. I have heard stand-up routines about it. I've seen sketch comedy groups make fun of it. If you Google Grandpa Joe, you'll get many, many articles talking about it. So this is not an original idea. But Grandpa Joe Bucket from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory sucks. Like, this guy is a real piece of work. And he shows his lack of character at several points throughout the story. But the most famous instance is that... Like, this old man is so sick that he's bedridden, as are all four of the Bucket grandparents, which is just a terrible stroke of luck for Charlie's parents, who are already poor, and then all of their parents are sicking in bed at the same time, in this, this big, filthy bed at the same time. So he's bedridden, that is, until Charlie wins the golden ticket to tour the Wonka factory. Then Grandpa Joe is up and he's dancing around, I've got a golden ticket. He's cured. He's fine. It's like, hey, I thought you were too sick to work or help out around the house or anything, and now you're dancing and singing. What's that all about? I really hope eventually Bo's class talks about what it means to abuse the unemployment benefit system and abuse the charity of, of your family and friends. Did they address this in the new Wonka at all? I haven't seen the new, the new Wonka, and it's been a long time since I've seen the original, but 
I, I believe, if I remember correctly, I think there's a scene where Grandpa Joe pulls Charlie in close and he says, Char- Charlie, my boy. Charlie, my boy, come here, come close. I have something to tell you. I'm faking it. I'm not sick at all. I'm fine. I'm a huge piece of shit, Charlie. There's nothing wrong with me. I just don't want to work or help out at all around the house. I'm a fraud, Charlie. A fraud. Don't tell your mom or the government. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I was chatting with a friend recently who uh, said she's just gotten back into working out because she took over the membership of a family member who had died. And she was telling the story and I was like, hang on a second. Your family member died and the gym didn't cancel the contract? Like they made someone else in the family take it over? And she said, yeah. I was like, are you serious? That's How insane is this gym? How tight is the contract where death won't release you from it? Like, were they going to, like, go after the living family members to collect for the gym membership? Like, were they going to take it out of the estate, continue to build the account of a dead person? That's insane. I was like, I I think I'd have a hard time supporting that gym myself. It kind of reminds me of um, years and years ago. I was Shortly after I moved to Calgary, I got a photo radar ticket, and I went down to the courthouse to fight it, because you always fight your tickets. And I was just sitting there waiting for my turn to, to speak to the judge or whatever. And, and everyone's going up and fighting their tickets. And this one woman, she, this nice little old woman, comes up to the podium. And she was there representing her son for a red light ticket. And the judge said, why isn't he here representing himself? And he, she, she was like, he died. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll give you a reduction. I was like, a reduction? The woman's son is dead. Throw the ticket out. What's wrong with us? So if you work out at a gym that won't cancel your contract if you die, you might be at a bad gym. But hey, if you refer three living friends, we'll get you a free gym bag. If you can get two friends who are still of this world to sign up, you can have a logoed water bottle. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. My wife McKenna was at work the other day and a customer came in and commented on her shoulders. This customer was like, oh, your shoulders are so big. Are you a swimmer? You have swimmer shoulders. <laughs> and McKenna was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> That's, I mean, first of all, she doesn't. My wife is a very fit, athletic woman, but she's not, she's not like a linebacker or anything. I wouldn't look at her and think, oh, yeah, swimmer shoulders. And even if she was, that is typically not what women want to hear. That She has swimmer shoulders. Swimmers are jacked, make no mistake. I would be thrilled to be told I had swimmer shoulders. Swimmer's lats even more so. You ever seen the lats on a high-level swimmer? They could they could wingsuit base jump without the wingsuit. That's how impressive the lats are. But a girl like McKenna isn't gunning for swimmer shoulders. She's not going for that look with her fitness program. She's not doing shoulder day thinking, I'm going to be huge. <laughs> Give me those Michael Phelps shoulders. That's what I want. You got to be careful with some of these compliments, especially... If you're talking to a woman, oh, you, uh, you have the strong hands of a blacksmith. <laughs> nope. Have you done any bricklaying? I'm looking at your forearms and I'm thinking masonry. Look at your huge lady pecs. 
Did you grow up on a farm? Those are farm pecs. I bet you could lift a cow off you with them things. I bet you could push an old Ford out of the snow, no problem with that farmer's chest. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. On Friday's show, we talked a bit about the government's new policy proposal as it relates to uh, transgender youth in the province. And we don't have to get into that again here. Um, that's available on Friday's podcast if you care to hear my take on that but i also got some really great messages from friends of the show some different perspectives and we talked about that on the podcast as well uh, but over the weekend it's come to light that premier danielle smith's for actual first name is not danielle that's her middle name her real first name is marlena which i didn't know marlena danielle smith so many of her fiercest opponents opponents to this policy that's been proposed have now taken to calling her Marlena Smith. There was a headline from the satirical Canadian news outlet, The Beaverton, the other day that said, Alberta Premier Marlena Smith bans kids from going by their preferred name. And everyone has been sharing this headline around, I guess, to point out the irony of it. Um, you know, I get, I get that the anger around the policy needs to go somewhere, but I'm like, is this it? Even, even if you despise the new policy around trans kids, you can, you can see that these instances of name changes aren't the same, right? It kind of, you know what it reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of Donald Trump. Do you remember Trump from back in 2016? So early in that year, John Oliver's show last week tonight, they discovered that the family name of Donald Trump was once Trump, but they anglicized it when they emigrated to the United States. And John Oliver thought that this was a great way to ridicule Trump to the point that fewer people would support him. Um, and like, not only was he making fun of something that many, many immigrants do when they move to an English-speaking country, anglicizing their name, it also didn't work at all. Donald Trump won the 2016 presidential election. So this feels like it has the same energy as that to me. Like, is taking the childish approach going to do anything to win hearts and minds on a topic that many people see is very important. Like if you do oppose the government's new trans policy, may I recommend a different approach? I got a message from a friend of the show last week who was deeply concerned about what the consequences of this policy will be and who says that they had been on the receiving end of those consequences themselves when they were growing up. And they had a really great line. They said, this policy isn't about how good parents will be affected. It's more about how bad parents will be enabled. And coming at it from that angle, I think, you know, even if you were someone who did support the policy, you could at least that that will give you pause, right? That's a fair. That's a fairly strong argument, I think, more so than just calling the premier by her first name, which like I said I don't think that's the the same thing. I think this friend of the show should work in communications for the for the opposition because I was like that is some strong messaging right there. Marlena's a wild name, though, isn't it? For someone her age? Wow. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I'm uh, pretty uncomfortable this morning. I hurt my back again at the gym yesterday. Uh, and if that sounds familiar, it's not deja vu you're experiencing. No, I... About every four months or so, I'm good for hurting my back real good. And then I hobble around for the next week in pain. And it's not a lot of fun. Um... But luckily, Shauna and I have the song for such occasion. We recorded this, I think, three or four back injuries for me ago. It's called Baby Got Back Pain. Oh my God, Beckler. Look at your back. It is so bent. 
You look like one of those Rebaxaset puppets. Who remembers those puppets? <sighs> you should see a doctor because you're folded up like a lawn chair, okay? I mean, your back, it's just so bent. I can't believe it's so crooked. You're like stooped. I mean, <sighs> gross. Look, you're just so old. I frigged my back and I cannot move. My physio won't approve. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. My brother sent me this uh, YouTube video. It was called Every Birth Generation Explained in Nine Minutes. And it gives kind of an overview of the last eight big generations. So the lost generation, the greatest generation, the silent generation, the baby boomers, Generation X, the millennials, the Zoomers, or Gen Z, uh, and then the youngest generation, which they're calling Generation Alpha right now. Although I heard a proposal, um, I forget from who, that we should call this next generation the Polars because the two two of the major things that will define their upbringing are uh, the increased polarization, the political climate, and the melting of the polar ice caps. So I was like, that's probably a better name than Generation Alpha. But they were giving kind of um, an overview of like the the main major events that define these generations and the characteristics that define them. And then my brother and I got talking about how um, the gener- like which generation we'd like to be part of if we had a choice. Like if you could pick any one of these times to grow up, these generations to grow up in, which would you pick? And I, I think a disclaimer is probably necessary on this conversation. If you belong to any type of minority group that's had a rough go of it, you're probably not picking anything pre-millennial, right? That'd be fair to say. So I was viewing this through through my own lens, but your, bio, your mileage may vary here. I do think the lost and greatest generations, these are the two that, that fought in the two major wars. I think they were cut from different stuff than those that came after. Like those generations were super tough, but I don't think I would have wanted to be a part of either of them just because they dealt with those two major global conflicts. Um, my generation, the millennials, we can barely afford houses or families, so it's probably not going to be us. Uh, the boomers, I mean, they get a lot of hate, the boomers, but I think that would have been a great time to grow up. You had the post-war optimism, tons of opportunity, and the people who are, like to criticize the baby boomers as being, you know, selfish or whatever, you got to remember that was the generation that kick-started things like the civil rights movement. So I don't think they, they deserve all the hate that they get. And people will criticize the baby boomers for destroying the housing market and stuff. And I always think, like, would we have done it any differently? I don't believe we would have. So I don't think that's fair. I think being a baby boomer would have been fun. Um, but I'm picking, as my generation of choice, Generation X. To me, that seemed like maybe the best time to grow up. It was the last analog generation that wasn't like super heavily influenced by the digital world. It was the last generation that could really afford anything. The last generation that seemed like they could really have fun. I feel like the generations that have come after have not had nearly as much fun. All of my Gen, Gen Xer friends, they tell me stories about their time growing up and they all sound great. And I know Gen Xers can be a cynical bunch, but it seemed like a, like a really good time to be a young person. So I'm picking Generation X. Uh, I, I recently listened to an audiobook by Neil Howe, who is one of the guys who has written the most on generations. This book's called The Fourth Turning is Here, What the Seasons of History Tell Us About How and When This Crisis Will End. And the book was a bit too smart for me, if I'm being honest, but I think I caught the gist of it. And he was arguing that um, the generations are cyclical and that they tend to repeat themselves. So given enough time, there may be another group that gets to 
live out that Gen X dream. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Got a message in front of the show. Keith the Plumber. He says, regarding generations, boomers were the last generation who weren't exposed to the scourge of hard drugs growing up. We didn't have the excess money of later generations, but hugely more than previous generations. In junior and senior high, you had to you had to buy a paper route. After school jobs were very hard to find because of the sheer numbers of us. The war generations were shaped by the depression even more than the war, and in a way more damaged by it. So I have to go with my own generation, the boomers. After it was affluenza, hard drugs, and big government that ruined things. From Keith. So I had never considered the fact that there were just so many boomers that competition for jobs likely was quite stiff. Competition for resources. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true in terms of something like housing. I think the competition is probably a little stiffer right now than it was for the baby boom generation. But um, when you do come from a big cohort, just the, the... the size of that demographic, it's going to present different challenges. Keith's point about hard drugs is interesting too, because yeah, I guess like, you know, my parents' generation, there was no, there was no fentanyl kicking around, right? There's no fentanyl or meth. That generation, I don't believe, had meth. And the uh, damage that those substances have done to society. I don't know, it just seemed like maybe a more innocent time. People growing up free from the negative aspects of the internet. I mean, I think the internet has done a lot of really great things for society, but when it comes to the influence on children, it would probably be more negative than positive. Would you agree? I think the idea of growing up and like running free like those past generations did just seems so idyllic to me. Like we give our kids a pretty long leash to go out and explore and adventure. You know, we're not hovering over them. And I think probably some parents would think we're a little too loose about that. I know, I know my parents do think, think that sometimes about the way that we handle our kids, but the interesting thing is, and you probably have heard other parents say this too, that if you, if you do encourage your kids to go outside and play, if you encourage them to go explore the neighborhood and to adventure, there aren't other kids out there because they're all inside. They're all online. They're all in highly structured situations within their family. So it is very different. Uh, and I think perhaps not in a good way. I've never understood the boomer hate, though. I meant that when I said it. But I feel like those of us from my generation who try to place the blame for all of our struggles on our parents' generation, on the boomers, we're setting ourselves up for our kids to do the very same thing. And that doesn't seem very helpful or productive. That said, it would be great if more people from my generation could afford to buy a house, raise a family. Uh, If you are thinking of buying a house, consider Shane Holmes. Shane Holmes has been in business for over four decades. In Calgary, they built over, I think, almost 16,000 homes. They're building paired homes in Sirocco at Pine Creek, these Yell-Test-approved duplexes in this beautiful community close to nature. Their most popular duplex floor plan, the Cascade, is available. Duplexes starting from the 560s. Learn more at ShaneHolmes.com. Shane Holmes, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. You may have seen this clip by now, but at the uh, NHL All-Star Game over the weekend... Canadian singer Michael Bublé was one of the celebrity guest coaches. And he was doing a press conference with uh, Will Arnett, and they're sitting there answering questions. And he was kind of rambling on about his fantasy hockey leagues and stuff. And then he gave us an indication as to why he might have been rambling. My buddy told me this is just a microdose of mushrooms, and he was lying. (laughs) So I'll be honest, I thought I was in blades of glory for most of the time that I was out there until it 
sort of settled down, and then I realized, holy shit, I'm at the NHL All-Star Game. <laughs> that sounds like his friends sewered him and sent him out on the ice on way too much mushrooms. That kind of reminds me of a story, and I tried to get this friend to come on the air and tell this story, but uh, he can't because of the sensitivities involving his work. But this happened to something similar happened to a buddy of mine many years ago. He was dating his now wife at the time, and he was hanging out at a buddy's house, and they took a bunch of mushrooms, and he forgot that he had to be at a barbecue for her family, like her whole extended family and stuff, and. The barbecue was on the same street as the friend's house where they were hanging out, so he had no excuse as to why he couldn't be there. His, his girlfriend was like, well, you're like, just walk over. You're just down the street. So he had to, uh, and he was just out of his mind on mushrooms. So he I was like, what did you do? And he said, well, like, he uh, kept the conversations with family members to a minimum, didn't take his sunglasses off the whole time, and he found a friend at the barbecue and told this friend what was going on and then just kind of clung to that friend all night so that they could run <laughs> run cover for him. So I guess the lesson here from this friend and from Michael Bublé at the All-Star Game is uh, know your dose and make sure your schedule's clear also. The Podcast. Our producer Fraser Manning is in studio. I came across this really stupid TikTok video and it gave a bunch of pro athletes names in like a bracket form and it said who would win in a street fight so I'm going to give you the matchup you okay. tell me who you think would win and why and then we'll narrow this down and find out who the toughest person on this list is that's a lot of responsibility it, I'm determined the champion <laughs> I didn't pick the names either so it's kind of all over the place but this is just what the video said okay so DK Metcalf versus Jose Altuve Oh, DK is <laughs> crushing it's not, him. It's not even close. I don't know why Altuve's on the list, but uh, James Harden versus Odell Beckham Jr. If I'm not mistaken, Odell Beckham's from Louisiana, so I'm putting my money on the Louisiana kid. Okay. okay. Uh, Bryce Harper versus Steph Curry. Uh, similar size dudes, I think. Yeah, hey? similar size. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. I feel like Steph's wiry and wily enough okay. that I might give it to him. Steph Curry. Okay, I'm writing this down as we go along. Uh, Russell Westbrook versus Alex Ovechkin. Oh, Westbrook's crazy. Is I'm, he? I think he's legitimately. Wow. Have you seen him play basketball? Like He's like 110% on the court the entire time. I had Ovi going all the way to the final on this just because he's so solid. And he's Russian. It's got, you got to have a bit of an That's angle true. being that, Russian, too, That could too, be right? the X factor that would wipe out my bracket, but... Aaron Judge... This is the other side of the bracket now, okay? So Aaron Judge versus Kyler Murray. Oh, and well, Judge, just based on the height and reach advantage that Judge would have. I He's a go giant, hey? Yes. What is he, 6'7"? Yeah. Uh, LeBron James versus Sidney Crosby. Ooh, two sorry. arguable goats there. Two goats? Um... Yeah, I gotta go LeBron. Just he is a freak. Yeah, basically. might be like the most freakish athlete who ever lived. Yeah, okay? uh, and I mean Crosby. Yes, Crosby. He's never really fought that much, has he? I can't picture him fighting. No. Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Shohei Otani. Oh, see, interesting that, one. Hey? That's almost undecidable because Shohei could just be the most crazy killer we know we don't know they're both such like specialists aren't they yeah maybe Mahomes lulls him into a false sense of security with his Kermit the Frog voice <laughs> and then hits him with a one-two and drops him so we're picking Mahomes I think I'll go with Mahomes okay. but Shohei yeah he could surprise us uh, and Antonio Brown versus Kevin Durant oh 
that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Durant's got the, but he's lanky. He's so lanky. He looks like he's going to break if you hit him wrong. Huh? And, and Antonio Brown is legitimately crazy. Okay. Well, so I think I got to go with Antonio. So here's our second round matchups: DK versus Odell. I got to go DK. DK again. Od- Odell's got to save his looks. Curry versus Westbrook. Uh, I think I'm going Ross on that. Okay. Uh, other side, Judge versus LeBron. Ooh, there's a fight. There's a fight that I would pay oh, good money to that's watch. That's the finals eh? in, the, in the quarters right there. Ooh. Aaron Judge versus LeBron James in a street fight. If you're just joining us, this is really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm sticking with LeBron. LeBron, okay. Uh, and then Patrick Mahomes versus Antonio Brown. Ooh, I think I might still have to go with Antonio. You can't okay. roll out that man's insanity. Other side, DK versus Westbrook. DK. Again. Uh, LeBron versus Antonio Brown. LeBron's taking him out. Just he's so big. And our final is DK Metcalf versus LeBron James in a street fight. Who would win? Where's DK Metcalf from? That might be my deciding factor. Quickly like, look that up. Who had like the tougher upbringing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's LeBron's not like from Le- Ohio, right? Yeah, so, Akron. and DK's from Mississippi. Ooh, so, that's both tough places, hey? Oh, I'm probably gonna go LeBron just because he's still like he's still six foot eight. Yeah, and that size, like yeah. 80 pounds. Like DK's a big boy; he's built well, but he's but not six eight, two eighty, is no. he? No. Okay, so there you go. Toughest athlete and athletes don't really fight. You hear that, LeBron? We have decided. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Well, I was super excited to receive this message from friend of the show, Mitch. Mitch is a big uh, big hiker, big backcountry camper, big mountains guy. And I didn't know this, but Mitch informed me that about 30 kilometers north of Pemberton, B.C., there's a little collection of mountains there that take all of their names from the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Here we go. So there's Tolkien Peak, but around it are Mount Gandalf, Mount Aragorn, Mount Shadowfax, Peregrine Peak. Oh my word. How did I not know about this? It's not even that far from here. Like I said, it's just north of, uh, of Pemberton, BC. Wow. That is exciting. Especially when you consider the role that mountains played in in Middle Earth. I mean, there are some very famous mountains in those stories. There's Erebor, the Lonely Mountain, home of the Dwarven Kingdom, and for a while, the Dragon Smog. Caradhras, the tallest peak in the Misty Mountains, which the Fellowship tried to cross before being turned back by a storm conjured by Saruman. You remember that? There's a fellow voice on the air. Ordruin, known as Mount Doom in Mordor, where the One Ring was forged. We can go back even further than that into the legendarium, though. In the first age, there were the volcanic peaks of Thangorodrim, highest in all of Middle-earth. Or Metaltarma, the sacred mountain to the Numenorians, to name just a few. Man, I wonder how difficult these peaks are to get to and to get up. I would like to do that. I would like to climb... Mount Gandalf. I feel like that would be a spiritual journey for me. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at x929.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. 
X After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f- they're going to say f***. Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.